0: Okay, I would like to thank um, Mrs. Sharon Jackson for joining me today for the purpose of this assessment. Um, We're going to start with just asking you, Mrs. Jackson, a few questions. Um, Are you okay to get started now? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So basically this assessment is um, in regards to um, looking at inclusive education and how um, we need to change things or how we have changed things over time to make sure the kids that have a different sort of background or different um, story, if you like, can be, um, I guess, included more and encouraged more in the classroom. So I just wanted to start with getting a bit of an idea of your own personal background as a teacher. Um, do you mind just sharing a little, sharing with me a little bit about what sort of roles you've had, where you've worked, um, what types of schools you've been at?
1: Fine. Um, I first started teaching at a disadvantaged school, which got extra funding because they were in a very low socioeconomic economic area. Um, in that school, it was very multicultural. Um, we had um, quite a few Aboriginal families, <clears throat> excuse me, and then other families from different cultural backgrounds as well. Um, I've also taught at other state schools that have not been on quite the same. Um, socioeconomic level but they still had lots of um, kids from different cultural backgrounds and different needs and for the last 23 years I've been at a Christian school which is in Penrith which it's, it does have a fairly high not high but it's it's mainly white Anglo-Saxon kids but we have got the, the majority of cultural input would come from an Indian background Okay,
0: Um, and if we are talking, if we're going to spread it a little bit further and talk about diversity in terms of, um, uh, like disability, um, or as you said, socioeconomic background, um, what have been your main experiences with working with um, disabilities, if we start with that?
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, I think the...
1: The biggest thing that people that it, the most common thing now is children who are on the autistic spectrum mm-hmm. um, and so that's something that everybody needs to be aware of you need to be educated so that you can spot the symptoms and the signs and all those sorts of things so that even though we can't diagnose we can make recommendations to parents so that they can look further and get someone yeah. to do some testing and they will diagnose um, which usually just confirms what we already believe to be true. Yeah. Um, but by doing the, the training so that you do know a lot more about how to recognise autism, you also are setting up your classroom so that even if there are children there who are on the spectrum, then your classroom is run correctly anyway. And that sort of classroom runs correctly for any student you know, it's organised, it's structured, they know what to expect. They don't get a lot of sudden surprises, all those sorts of things. The routines are there. So, um, yeah, I think good teaching is teaching that includes activities and structures for kids on the spectrum, but those structures also benefit kids who are not on the spectrum.
0: Yeah, okay. Um so, to get the background information about students before they walk into your classroom, is there some sort of plan that you guys have in place, or how do you get the information? If if you do, um, say you've got a student that's been in a previous year, they know no a kinder kid; they've actually been at the school for a while. How do you get your information passed on from one teacher to next? Well, at the moment, we have um,
1: we do it through a system called Edumate. So, on there whenever you go to mark the role, you will see the children that have a medical alert and uh-huh. um, you can go into that and click and see any reports that are there on them, any information that has been recorded on, you know, any any assessments they've had done, anything like that, so that you can right. see exactly what the diagnosis has been and what their recommendations are.
0: Okay. Um, and in terms of, if we just go step back a little bit, before... Uh, You you mentioned you've obviously been a teacher for a really long time. So before, there was more of an issue with children being on the spectrum. What sort of things would you say influenced your teaching before you had the training? As in, um, if we look at... I'm just trying to think of the best I explain it. Um, If you had a a child presented to you with the symptoms of someone who... Is on the spectrum but they didn't actually have a diagnosis what's the yeah. things that put really in place at that time to help you to accommodate to those needs i guess
1: well i think um i, I think there are a lot of the things that I, I i mentioned like having a routine um having rules in the classroom they kids on the spectrum expect a great sense of justice so by them seeing that you do follow things up and that you do you do support children who are having problems. Um, and, you know, because they're so black and white, if you're going to change something a little bit, you have to do it with explanation. And that's, I think, I think you actually always have some children in your class who are on the spectrum but haven't been diagnosed. Right. And you just kind of recognise them as quirky, but really you kind of know deep down that they're more than that. But, yeah, adults, this isn't really going to change that much if they're just mild, if they're quirky. So it's just good teaching practice, I think. And we didn't used to have, when I started teaching, there was no autism spectrum. Yeah, There were autistic children, but there was not Asperger's. There was not autistic, you know, the autism yeah. spectrum, anything like that. You There was a lot more of um, going on your own gut feeling and your own... Uh, ability to, to strategise and work things out that you could apply for yourself.
0: So would you say then that um, with government, obviously government policy and and the legal part of all that, um, obviously there's been changes that have probably been influenced because of the, what you've seen in the classroom and, and obviously just even just general population. Would you say that for you, the introduction of things like the disability, disability Discrimination Act um, would have affected how you changed your teaching or as you said would it be more just a case of I just go with my gut?
1: I think it's it's a combination. I think um, an act like that forces you to examine what you're doing Um, Uh and because of the position I've been in at schools I often interview children before they start and you're you 're very aware that it doesn't really matter what that those parents disclose to you you can 't really discriminate anyway yeah. um, and and sometimes i've had i remember one case in particular, and the child had so many disabilities that we tried to do everything we could to just get them to get their enrollment delayed, but they were too old, then to get them publicly enrolled and and I remember saying to the parents look." Um, your child is very welcome at our school, but I personally don't believe it's the best place for them. I mm-hmm. think they're smaller. I think they need, and I went through the things that I thought they needed, but our school will offer you a position if you would like that for your child because you can't discriminate against them. You, need yeah. to them. you need to be there. Whatever their needs are, you need to be there to try and best help them through that. But for this little kid, the best thing actually was for them to be in a school that could cater for their needs more fully than we could.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds fair enough. Um, in terms of how far we've come as a society, if you like, would you say that there are still areas that we need to work on in how we reach kids that are struggling with, not just um, on the autism spectrum, but disability in general? Do you think there's there's... Areas that we need to still work on
1: I think it I think it's hard I think if a child's in a wheelchair it's very obvious that they need a room with a ramp Um, when children have other disabilities it doesn't stand out like that and so people find it more difficult to advocate for money going to it or for resources going to it Um, and the disability Is just as severe, or it's just as difficult for them to cope in the school environment. But because it's not as obvious to everyone, um, often you're fighting for funds, and there are so many disabilities that you just try to do the best you can for all of them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it it is really hard because in in just a normal classroom, you'll have kids with all sorts of different needs. You know, this one, there. It's not necessarily a disability, but they're really high as far as G and T goes, and so they need extension work so much, and they need to. They're sometimes quite quirky as well because they don't fit with the kids in the class because they're functioning at a completely different level even socially. So uh. there's this difficulty of where do you put the money, where do you put the time, where do you put the effort, and how do you meet the needs of all of these students at the one time?
0: Yeah, it sounds like a um, incredibly hard juggling act. So, yeah, I can see mm-hmm. that a few issues there. All yeah. right, basically well, the questions that I was hoping to get um, get through tonight, and I really appreciate your help with that. So, um, yeah, I think that's anything everything I need to cover. Is there anything else that you wanted to add in regards to that? I'm I'll just trying to think if there's anything else I need to talk to you about, ask you. I think that's kind of everything from my end. Is there anything that you wanted to add in regards to how schools are or how schools have been or, um, yeah? I
1: think, I think one of the things that um, I find interesting is sometimes people try to get you trained for all sorts of things that you've never encountered. Um, right. There disabilities and things. And it doesn't actually start to make sense till you have the need for that. Yeah, sometimes you go to training and you sit there and you go, oh, yeah, that's good, yeah, okay. And you've never encountered a child like that. And then you might go to another course and it's somebody you've had in your class or you have in your class. And suddenly you want to know so desperately. So um, sometimes I think the training that we offer to people or that is offered to them, and sometimes it can be mandatory, is not very relevant because they don't have the need. But as soon as the need's there, they really want to know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you've done it years ahead, you kind of go, oh, I learned something about that somewhere. What was it? Yeah. Um, that That's the tricky part, that we want to equip people, but they don't take everything on board until they see the need
0: for it. So, yeah. yeah. No, that was a very good point. Okay, yeah. well, that's really good. Thank you so much for your help tonight. That's a pleasure. And thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.